The Church Media Podcast, episode 182, 10 Powerful Ways to Change Your Volunteer Culture with Stephen Brewster. Part two. Let's do it. This is the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. Exclusive interviews and church media training from the best minds in ministry and Christian entertainment. Useful, practical content in the areas of audio, lighting, video, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. Broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Carl Barnhill. Episode 182 of the podcast. We've been at this for over three years now, so if you've missed an episode, feel free to jump in anywhere or bounce around our archives. A lot of people listen to the show that they're most interested in and not necessarily in order. So if you see a a guest that we've had on the program uh, that you want to check out or a topic that you'd like to check out, uh, they're all based on topic and not really dated. So you might hear a date or a time frame every now and then, but we like to try to keep the podcast pretty timeless so that you can look into a topic that you really want and and listen and learn more about it. So you can check us out at thechurchmediapodcast.com. All of our archive shows are there for you to check out absolutely free. Uh, Through 1230 Media, we are here to help you transform your worship experience. We do that through media content and training. So if you need anything at all for your screens, that's bumpers, trailers, sermon series design, postcard design, promo videos, lyric media, anything for your screen, we can help you with that. And if you need help with any aspect of your worship experience, from your first impressions to your production team, whether that be audio, video, lighting, volunteers, worship, your message, your announcement time, anything, we are here to help you. You can check out our ministry website at 12 30.media. That's the letters or the numbers, 1230.media. Uh, or you, again, you can spell it out, the word 12, the word 30.media. Either one will get you there. And uh, feel free to check us out and check out what we have to offer. We would love to uh, to serve you guys. Lots of, of free content there. So we help churches and ministries and artists with worship media custom media and training, and most of our training stuff's absolutely free. It's a, a blog uh, that we put out at least one blog post a week, um, and then we have two podcasts, one that helps you with your adult experience, uh, and that's this one, and then we also have the Youth Room podcast, which helps your student ministry uh, put together and execute their student worship services uh, in a great way, too. So be sure to check that out, 1230.media. This week, I'll wrap up my conversation with creative arts consultant and coach Stephen Brewster. Uh, Let's jump right back into that interview. Here we go. This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is church media coach Carl Barnhill. Okay, so again, we're talking about, uh, we're talking through 10 powerful ways to change your volunteer culture. Uh, let, let's hit number five, be willing to apologize. Walk me through that one. Yeah. So unfortunately, a lot of us, our identity gets caught up in our activity. And so when something goes wrong, uh, we're going to try to create an excuse, not an apology. And the reality is own your stuff, man. 
people respect you a whole lot more when you own it than they do when you um people know right like we think people don't know what the, <clears throat> the truth is they always know the truth and so when we're honest about what we know and what we've done and even if it's not your fault when you take ownership of it you create a culture that's so much healthier and so apologize if 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 it's something that goes wrong that your team has done own it so your team doesn't get thrown under the bus or mm-hmm. a member of your team doesn't get thrown under the bus and uh if you've done something wrong own it to your team the more we apologize and the mo- more ownership that we take the the better our culture is going to be and again that's something that becomes contagious and replicates. So one thing that I noted here that you had written is uh, to lead with an apology, then cast vision. So walk me through how you've done that. Yep. So, um, man, we screwed that up. I'm going to own that. That's totally on me. And you know what? I probably didn't do a good enough job explaining it. So let me, let me go ahead and explain it for you really quick. What I, what we really wanted to accomplish there. And this is what we wanted to accomplish. And, now let me tell you why we want to accomplish it because everyone's motivated by the why they're not motivated by the how or the what they want to know the why and so vision is why and so once you've owned it and you've reset the expectation now you have the opportunity to to lean in and cast the vision yep yep um okay cool let's move to number six anticipate what's going to happen next when we know and we're thinking and we're thinking one, two, three steps ahead, that's leadership, right? And so when we start to anticipate, we create a better culture for our volunteers because there's a whole lot less panic and far less mistakes. There's always going to be the forced errors that we can't control. What we want to avoid is unforced errors. So the more that we are anticipating and using a little bit of foresight, the better our teams are going to be and respond. So definitely we want to move from being a leader to being a leader of leaders. Right. And so a leader of leaders uh, is not into the doing as much they're leading uh, or they're leading the leaders uh, of people that do. So a leader of leaders is thinking through multiple steps ahead, right? Um, So tell me how you've put that into practice. Well, I think it comes back to care right? At the end of the day, it's empathy and care. So when I care about the people that I'm leading, I'm going to do everything I can do to set them up to win. And setting people up to win requires you to think two, three, four plays ahead. And so when you start to go, okay, if we make this decision, then X, Y, and Z could happen, but more than likely LM and R are going to happen. So how do we mitigate damage to our team if that's what happens and that's how things really actually roll out. And so it, it it's a trained behavior. It's it it's instinctual for a very, very few. Everyone else has to learn it and you can learn it. God's called you to learn it if he's put you in a leadership spot. And uh, a lot of times learning that is understanding that we're way more about, we have to be way more about um, the people we serve than the job that we do. And when you become a leader of leaders, you're not doing a whole lot. You're caring for a whole lot of people. Yep. Yep. Uh, kind of what helps me think this through is uh, 
a, a sports team. So if mm-hmm. it's a football uh, team or baseball team or whatever, the head coach, let's say it's a football situation, the head coach is over the individual coaches. Right. The individual coaches then are over the players and deal directly with the pro- with the players most of the yeah. time. Or you could even put it as the owner in the skybox yeah. in the whatever. So uh, I'm not on the field anymore doing the plays. I'm on the sideline or I'm in the in the box looking at the next three plays or three games or right. down the line. Yeah. So how does that resonate with you? Well, 100%. I use the exact same analogy. And and the truth is Nick Saban's won a lot of games. He's never ran, he's never been ran a play. Right. You know. He doesn't even get on the field on Saturday. And uh and I'm not a Nick Saban fan nor am I an Alabama fan. Go Canes. Um but I uh I think that it's important to that we always remember like our you know our job is people and ministry is people and Again, the more that you do, the more you're robbing ministry from volunteers. And again, it, it goes back to frequently insecurity and uh, misplaced identity. All right, we have three more, and we're going to put all of these in a PDF and put them on the show notes so that people can awesome. kind of look at them one by one. Uh, but number seven, do what is necessary, not what is comfortable. Talk, talk about that one. Sometimes we got to do things that just don't feel good. We got to have conversations that maybe are uncomfortable. We've got to step into a position or a role or fill a gap that is not natural to us. I remember one time uh, I was at a campus and there was mulch all over the sidewalk. So I started sweeping it and cleaning it all up. And uh, that wasn't my job. But if I didn't do it, nobody else had the margin to do it that morning. So you do it. Much more difficult than that is when you have a volunteer who's poisoning the well a little bit and you have to sit down and fire a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Firing volunteers is very difficult to do, but when you do it, um, it, it, it raises the morale of the team because they've all felt it, seen it, and experienced it and are kind of probably wondering what you're waiting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one note here that I wanted to, to hit on is to, to not make people work to get connected. I'd yes. love to hear your thoughts on this because I, I have some too. Go, yeah, go absolutely. So we got to we gotta help people not have to work to take their next step. When people come to church, they're looking for two things, purpose and community. So we know purpose comes through Christ and community comes through serving and living life together. So easy next steps have to be the, the norm. And if it's too hard for someone to join your team or to take their next step, they're not going to do it. They have other things that are much more attractive than giving up their Sunday during football season. So figure out how to make it so easy and so rewarding that they have to take that next step. So from a production standpoint, this might not necessarily mean they're serving on Sunday uh, right away. Right. It just means make it super easy that okay, your, ne- your next step is this. Then your next step is this, then your next, like make that super easy. And it doesn't have to be anytime. You don't have to put your experience in jeopardy. Anytime somebody walks up to me in service and says, or after service and they're like, Hey, I'd I'd like to serve on this team. My response is great. Be here at the beginning of service next week. And we're going to have you shadow somebody. Yeah. Let me get your information. We're going to have someone call you. 
We're not going to make you go fill out a form somewhere or I'm not I'm not going to leave that opportunity for you to fall through the cracks. I'm going to take your number. I'm going to have someone call you and I'm expecting you to be back next week to sh start shadowing. Make you know, it as easy as possible. I, I experienced that at Newspring and I, I know I'm just sharing a lot of my experiences because you're like nailing where I was um, in that. Uh, what we had maybe 20 volunteers or so uh, in production. And what I, as I started drilling in, I realized no one's being intentional about new people and walking them through or, or like they'd come through the tour and they'd skip over the production area completely and go somewhere yeah. else. And so I had to kind of take the initiative to make sure that people were getting connected. I say that to say it's on us 100%. To take the initiative to call someone, to reach 100%. out to them, it's not their responsibility for them to jump through our hoops. And don't expect it to, to send an email and, and consider it done. Yeah. Chase yeah. them. Yeah, right. Follow, follow up with them. All right. You also mentioned plan for the guest. What do you mean by that? So I always feel like the first time guest is the lens. And I think anytime we we no matter what your church is like, no matter I know all my seeker sensitive friends were like, yes. And then all of my <laughs> deeper friends were like, no. And and the reality is both groups get first time guests. Yeah. And when we think through the lens of a first time guest and what they're experiencing, it answers about 90 percent of the questions, regardless of the camp that you live in. So always think about the guest and then as a team and a volunteer team lead to help remove barriers that guests would trip over to have an amazing experience. So it's kind of two ways, you know? Um, the other part is, is like, just always like, always think about, if I don't know about this, how am I gonna receive this? Right. I was at a church uh, last week, the church that my wife and I are, are attending now, and there was a, a staff member that was uh, that just passed away yesterday, um, but a week ago uh, he was in the hospital, and so they would mention him on stage, and I know it was a sensitive topic, but I'm sitting there thinking, if this was my first time, I have no clue who that is, I have no clue that he's a staff member, I have no, they just mentioned his name. Yeah. Um, and yes, it's a sensitive subject and yeah, that might not be the best example, but to think through, how do I engage my guest? Don't yeah. for, here's another example. Um, don't say terms that only your internal church members right. know, um, not the, the, the foyer or we, we call it the, this thing or right. whatever my special name for the building is or a certain area a, a guest or visitor is not going to know what that is. No, that you call it the lobby or right. whatever, something that's like generic or like give, that, that. give everything context. And yeah. when the lens is the first time guest, again, it, it, it answers about 90% of the questions. Yeah. You know, that's good. and the truth is in our world today, our level of knowledge far exceeds our level of obedience. So regardless of how deep your church is, you still have to think about it through the first time guests because a lot of people that are going to your church aren't as deep as you are. Yeah. All right. Number eight, it takes responsibility. So talk to me about how to own it. You got to own it. Owners beat renters every single day. Uh, in my new world, I rent a lot of cars. 
I hope I never have to buy one of the cars I rent. Not because I treat them bad, but I, I don't know the road. I don't know where I'm at. I bump into stuff. And the reality is when I own a car, I'm much more careful about how I treat that car. Responsibility is we have to take responsibility. We're leaders and we're responsible. And the more responsibility we take, the more serious, the more energy, the more uh, intentionality we bring, the more our volunteers are going to do the exact same thing. And it's going to create a culture where everyone's starting to take responsibility. And when you serve on a team that's full of people taking responsibility, it gets really, really fun because you start winning a lot. Yeah. So I think a lot of staff members might be timid because they're like, oh, I, I don't think I have the authority to to do that. And what would you think about flipping that on its head? Like, take the authority. It's it's yours. Own yeah. it. Do it. Let somebody else back you down if right. you go too far. I've never met a boss who's been like, man, I just love pushing my team. Like, I just wish that they would all like do just enough to get by so that I could really challenge them every day. I've never met a leader like that. The leaders I talk to are like, man, I love when I find that person that I got to put a harness on because they're they're running so fast and they care and they're so passionate that they'll do anything to reach people and to help people. And it's my responsibility to to manage their energy, not theirs. Right. Right. Awesome. All right. Number nine, lighten the lines. What do you mean by that? Lighten the lines. Well, so like no one has, no one likes to wait, obviously. No one likes to wait. And so again, guest experience, user experience, let's make sure that anything that we're doing, whether it's onboarding a volunteer or putting somebody into a new space or helping get somebody from A to B, we are creating the easiest and best experience possible ever. When you go to Disney World, you love Disney World, you you will pay a lot of money for a fast pass to avoid the line. When you're at church, you shouldn't have to get a fast pass. So let's figure out and it's there's going to be lines like you cannot help it if the pastor preaches for three hours and the line to the ladies restroom is super long. But be intentional where you can control it to keep to make it easy for people to have an amazing experience. And another piece of this, we kind of uh, uh, talked about this earlier, is be present with the person in front of yeah. you. Be in the moment. Um, okay, so let's, before we hit the last one, talk to me about how to solve this light in the line uh, piece. So do we uh, uh, maybe break it up into uh, we either address it, we pass them off to somebody, we ask them to wait while I help someone else. Like, how do we solve this issue? Yeah, so I think... You, you, first off, I don't think we, when we absolutely, so stay present with the person that you're talking to, right? You're, you're, somebody has your attention, stay present with them. If you can't get them where they need to go, give them to someone else to get them where they need to go. Don't just point them in a direction. Yeah. Carry them to that, that place. And there are going to be times when you've got four people pulling on you and you're going to have to go, hold on. Hey, uh, John, I need you to take this person. Hey, uh, Tanya, I need you to take this person and they need to go over here and here's what they're, and this is their name and they're at our church today. And this is their first time here. So let's make sure they have an amazing experience in kids ministry. And, and just, I mean, you have to think about it as if you're the traffic director and your job is to make sure everyone gets to their destination and they're happy when they get there. 
I think one thing to mention here is anything that I can do for a first-time guest to my experience, whether that is signage, whether that is more people at the doors or in the yep. lobbies that are looking for people that need help, yep. uh, whether that is my check-in process. For instance, I've been uh, – we go to several churches just to visit and to, to consult with them and different things. The number one frustration that we have has nothing to do with the worship experience most of the time. It is, where do I go to check my kid in? Is there someone actually at the desk ready to do that? Do they know what they're doing? And how do I get my kid to over here so that I can get in the experience? Like That seems to be a a bottleneck in a lot of churches. And so if you have a guest services desk, make sure you have someone at the guest services desk. (laughs) Like novel concept. Have somebody there. Novel, <laughs> like, novel concept, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Have you uh, d- uh, any other words of wisdom there? Always have more. Always have redundancy. Yeah. Never have one person, because if one person walks away to serve somebody, there has to be somebody else there to take over. Yeah. Yep. Good. All right. Let's finish it up. Uh, let's talk about the. This one's a little odd. Practice the. C-A-N-E-I principle, the constant and never-ending improvement principle. Constant and never-ending improvement. So you used a football analogy a few minutes ago. Um, The great football teams are always looking to get better week after week after week, right? Like, oh, last week our kicking game wasn't very good. We're going to work on that this week. Oh, this week our offensive line didn't do well. We're going to improve on that. We should always be looking for the opportunity to improve. And every week there should be there. I guarantee you, I, I've never met a church leader who's not known at least one thing that could improve from the weekend to the next weekend. And so a lot of my friends take a lot of time looking backwards and uh, recapping the weekend. Most of the time, by the time you hit Monday morning, you already know what all the mistakes are. If you didn't see them, somebody texted you about them. And yeah. so I like to take our recap meetings and spend, if it's an hour long meeting, I'm going to spend five to 10 minutes recapping and 50 to 55 minutes focusing on improvements for the next weekend. Yeah. Okay. We know that this and this is broke. What are we going to do to fix it so that next week we're just a little better than we were today? So I used to watch like playback of an entire s- service. Yeah. And although that's, that is beneficial, what I learned is let me do as you said and and flip it. Let me talk through what I, what we're going to improve, not harp on the things that we sucked at. Right. Um, we all know. I'll, right. Yeah. You know, we, we know anyway. Know, we already know. And if we don't know, our pastor text doesn't told us. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you know what the mistakes were. Spend all that energy and time and focus fixing them, not dwelling yeah. on them. Yeah. All right, man. Well, as we wrap today, give me give me kind of a uh, you know stamp on the end of our discussion here. We're talking about volunteer culture. Uh, we walked to, through these ten things, but um, kind of put a stamp on how do we improve and change our volunteer culture? Empathy, care. Think about the people that God's put in your in your world and care for them like crazy. At the end of the day, all the little things that we talked about are super important. But when people know that they're valued and they're known, it changes everything. And so when people come to sign up, they want purpose and community. The minute that they feel like they're starting to find purpose and community, they want to be known and valued and protected. And so invest in the people, man. The people are the best. They're the richest part of our ministry. 
And the more we invest, the better we're going to get. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you. Tell us how we can get in touch with you. How can we find out what you're doing? Absolutely. Uh, Instagram is always good. B underscore R-E-W-S-T-E-R. My blog is stephenbrewster.me. And uh, my phone number is on my blog, so you can text me. So if somebody wanted to bring you to their church, can Mm -hmm. uh, have you uh, consult them? What would that look like? Tell me a little bit about what you're doing Um, now and how people can. It really all. Yeah, it really all depends. So I'm helping a couple churches with their worship music and just how they share that with the rest of the world. Uh, I'm helping some churches with communication. Uh, A lot of churches I'm helping with org structure and um, figuring out how to get their growth metrics back in the right direction. Um, So there's a lot of different ways. If you're, if you feel overwhelmed in an area at your church, reach out and let's figure out the solution. Uh, It's very customizable. And for me, I'm not the greatest consultant in the world. In fact, I'm probably pretty poor at it, but I'm a really, really good teammate. And so I'm looking for, I'm always looking for friends to help them get better. And that's really what, what we do. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. This has been an all access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media slash training. Abby Johnson is in the other room. Here. Our first order of business is to present Planned Parenthood's Employee of the Year Award. Abby Johnson. This is Abby. She's our newest volunteer escort. Abby, this is Cheryl Alessandro. I'd be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. You'll actually be in charge of the abortions at your clinic. I have a chance to make a real difference. No matter what you do for the rest of your life, you're still going to be a baby killer. The only thing that's changed is you, Abby. Can you even hear yourself talk right now about these procedures? These are little babies. I'm not going to apologize for doing a job that helps women in crisis. There's still a part of me that isn't sure. I know. But the one thing that all experts agree on is that at this stage, the fetus can't feel anything. Sorry to bother you, but they need an extra person in the back room. Are you free? I saw it, and it was like it was twisting and fighting for its life. We commend the souls of these hundreds of children And Lord, we pray to end abortion. I really appreciate what you've done for us. I'll not forget it. 22,000 abortions. How do I even comprehend that? Rough day at the office. You can say that. You're making a mess. It's your dad and me. You are our baby from the moment of conception. We are paying you to be a perfect instrument of corporate policy. We are an abortion provider. I can't be a part of this anymore. Everything that they told us is a lie. Don't underestimate the repercussions of this. You gotta be careful. Rhonda, please don't do this! Rhonda! Let me tell you what's gonna happen if you walk through that door. Congratulations, you've made an enemy of one of the most powerful organizations on the planet. Hey guys, that was the trailer for a new movie hitting theaters 
on March 22nd called Unplanned. It's about former Planned Parenthood clinic doctor Abby Johnson, who turned to faith in Jesus Christ after administering over, get this, 20,000 abortions. Unbelievable. Our friend Ashley Bratcher starred as Abby in the movie, and I recently chatted with her about the incredible story of how she got the role and an unexpected twist that she never knew about her own life. Check out this clip. I said, hey, Mom, I just want to let you know that I'm in Oklahoma, and I'm shooting this project, and she she always gets really excited when I tell her about movies, but I knew with this one in particular that I needed to tread lightly because of the the subject matter, given that my mom had told me when she was younger, she had had an abortion before me, and when it came time to have me, she was 19, and she said she just knew she could never have another abortion. That was was it. That was the context of the situation. I mean, I never thought more of that. And so when I started telling her Abby's testimony and what she found out at Planned Parenthood and what the story entails and how it's just this beautiful story of hope and redemption, my mother just started breaking down. Um, she She was weeping through the phone. I could hear her. And it was more than what I had anticipated. And so I said, Mom, what is going on? Are you okay? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've just devastated my mother. Um, And she just says, Ashley, I need to tell you something that I've never told you before. And she said, what you don't know is that I was actually on the table. The nurse came into the room to examine me. The nurse who was very pregnant, by the way. And she said, I got physically sick. I couldn't do it. I knew I couldn't do it. So I got up. And I walked out and I chose you. And I just, I never knew that. And um, I well up with tears every time I tell this story, not because it makes me sad, but I think because every single time I tell the story, it, I just sit in awe of what God does for us, like how personally he cares for us, that he would plan my steps from conception to this moment in time without me ever having known. And I couldn't, if I could have written that story, I'd have an Oscar by now. Like this, I can't, God, I can't write the story God wrote for my life. It's just so incredible. Be sure to check out the movie Unplanned. It hits theaters March 22nd. Be sure to support this film. Our friend Ashley Bratcher, again, is starring in it. She did an amazing job. Uh, So be sure to check that out. You can also find me on social media. The full interview uh, with Ashley is on there. Uh, We spent about 20 minutes together talking through how she got the part uh, for the movie and kind of some details about the movie. So if you're interested in that, feel free to follow me on social media at Carl Barnhill. Uh, I've put clips on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Everything is on there. So feel free to uh, find that full interview there at Carl Barnhill is my social handle. Uh, You can get the show notes for this episode of the show at thechurchmediapodcast.com. You can download a PDF version of Stephen's 10 Ways to Change Your Volunteer Culture right there on the show notes page for this episode. 
That's all at thechurchmediapodcast.com. On the next Church Media Podcast. I am really excited about next week's episode of the podcast. I welcome Bill Swaringham to the show. Bill serves as the creative arts director at The Crossing, a multi-site church in St. Louis. Bill has served in the local church through Tech Arts for the past 20 years. He's also been a part of the leadership team of church technical leaders. We'll be starting a two-part series on how to succeed through technical glitches. What do you do when your worship experience doesn't go as planned? We'll talk about that next week. Take a minute today and follow us on social media and also leave a review of our show on iTunes if you do that. That would be awesome and it would really help us in the rating system on iTunes there. Be sure to do that if you would. And thank you guys for listening. Go out there and create some incredible experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. The Church Media Podcast is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media and produced by David Michael Hyde. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com.